it's about choices. Like I think we all need choices and I don't care whether we're a teenager or a senior, we need choices. I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. This episode is brought to you by the brand new ebook, Diffusing for Beginners. I created this ebook because there's so much confusion around aromatherapy and diffusing, and so much discussion and so much debating about what is safe. This ebook breaks down the mechanism of smell, the real dangers in your home from synthetic scents, and explains how aromatherapy can actually transform your home and space into a clean and natural haven. Discover the safety considerations around certain conditions like epilepsy, asthma, children, how to diffuse around pets, and more. Experiment with 48 different all-season diffuser blends. Diffusing for Beginners is available now on Kindle. My guest today is a wonderful woman from Ontario, Canada. Her name is Lenan Galloway, and she is a registered nurse with a gerontological nursing certificate. And she's also an integrated aromatic science practitioner. She worked for 43 years as a director of nursing and administrator in a long-term care home. She is a wife, a mother of three, a grandmother of four, and has personally recovered from fibromyalgia and depression. And so Lenan is this wonderful, gentle soul. And you can really feel that in our conversation. She has spent her career really focusing on senior care and elderly care and improving quality of life with those that she works with. And she has made some really incredible integrations and improvements into the center where she worked, which has a great impact and rippling effect on the lives of those residents and their families. So today we really get into the importance of holistic care and in nursing and looking at simple solutions to what might seem like a really complicated problem and how to improve care by simply looking at the patient as a whole, as an individual, and paying attention to where we need to dig a little deeper. I ask her really hard questions in this episode and we talk about death and passing and how we can be holistic in end-of-life care and how we can bring that to our environment as well, either as a practitioner or a family member, and really respect individuals and where they are in life and what they need at that moment. And so I enjoyed my conversation so much with Lenan, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, Lenan Galloway. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. It's really exciting to do this. Yeah, so I'm so happy you're here. So before we get get going, I always like to ask my guests just to tell us a little bit about yourself. So where are you from and what was your childhood like? Well, I'm from Ontario, Canada, and um, I grew up in a farm community, lived on a farm and still in the farm community right now. I was used to having fresh stuff all the time. We lived in a southern part of Ontario, so we had lots of options for vegetables, and of course, we had chickens and organic eggs and gardens and fruit, and there's lots of fruit orchards in our area as well, so we always had lots of options for fresh and good fruit. And um, as a child, I always wanted to be a nurse. As far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a nurse. What was really interesting that no one in our family had ever gone to college 
or um, anything beyond grade eight, actually, for most of the family. So graduating and um, doing, uh, thinking of even going to college was a huge thing. Right, yeah. Anyhow, it was a lot of my extended family didn't think it was great. I have to say my parents were very supportive of it. And um, however, back in those days, there wasn't a lot of extra money. So it was like, okay, how I, I want to go to college, how am I going to do that? So I actually um, borrowed money because of my, I had a scholarship as well. So I was able to go to college and be a nurse. Um, we were at, I was actually lucky enough to be one of the first graduates out of Lambton College because prior to that, I used to be out of a hospital, the nursing yeah. school. So registered nurse, and did you go right into work from there? Originally, um, of course, you, when you go into a nursing, you think you're going to work in a hospital. But um, back in when I graduated, it was, uh, there were not a lot of nursing jobs around. And basically, as a uh, woman back then, you, be, you either were a teacher, secretary, or a nurse. And there was um, not a lot of job opportunities. So I ended up going and working in a nursing home in Bob Cajun. And I loved it. I got into the seniors and I loved working with seniors and, and that basically became my career. So you said that you, you know, you had a fairly idyllic raising um, as a child. So like all the, the great vegetables and the, the home remedies um, as far as, as far as health went, but was holistic living something you were that informed your health perspective or something as a nurse, or is that something that you found out later for yourself? Probably was a little bit of both because we, you know, at, at home, when I was young, actually healthcare was not provided, it wasn't free. So you had to pay for it. So we did a lot of home things like mustard plasters and onion plasters and a lot of home remedies. And, and actually, when I worked at the nursing home, they were very open to doing other things. There was a, a young, we're all fairly young there. And we did a lot of I would guess you would say um, research type of things, like trying different things. Um, we use things like honey on open areas to see how it heal compared to another part of the body. Um, yeah, we did a few things like that. So that was always fun. And I think that really helped me to want to learn things that, you know, once you're out of school, that doesn't mean that's the end, that there's lots of other learning to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Always have to be keeping up your education for sure. And probably one of the other things is I had a physician, a family doctor that was, um, he had um, Chinese heritage. So he was always making recommendations, probably related to his background, that wasn't necessarily medical. Um, it was more holistic, things like doing meditation, vitamins, magnets. And he'd always say, well, don't say it, tell anybody else, but you know, I've heard this works, try it out. Or um, we, we used to do this at back home or um, things like that. I hear more doctors talking about vitamins. Yeah. Certainly back, back then, that definitely wasn't something that you would even recommend or suggest. Right. So now as a, as a nurse, you also have some other certifications and um, involving aromatherapy, but before we get into that, I just kind of want to ask you, when did you first encounter aromatherapy specifically and what was the reason why you were, you were looking for it or why it found you maybe and why you began to use it? So we tried it on one of our residents to help him sleep at night. And he was, it was kind of interesting because he was a resident that um, woke up in the middle of the night 
and, and he would keep everybody else awake. So we would put a couple drops of the lavender on his pillow and then he'd sleep, sleep all night. Now, of course, back then I wasn't a, really a believer in his aromatherapy or essential oils. And, but every night we put it on, he'd sleep. So when we got the bottle half done, the staff would came to me and said, like, we need to get more. We don't want to run out of this because it obviously is working. Right. Um, so that was my first experience with essential oils. And then my next one was um, somebody gave me a gift basket with some essential oils in it from a local health store. And I used them for relaxing in the bath. And then uh, my next experience was with my daughter. So now prior to somewhere in this area, I um, was diagnosed with um, fibromyalgia. And my doctor, who at that time um, was very clear that he had no cure for me, and he was, as I said before, he was suggesting meditation vitamins and certain things to help which he thought might help the symptoms but he certainly had no idea for a cure for it and i was in a lot of pain and no sleep and um, no energy and which all of course that all leads you to depression mm-hmm. and um so she, my daughter gave me some essential oils on my back kind of a massage on my back and i was pain free for two days now up until this had probably been about five years wow so I decided I better check this out. Yeah, see what no this kidding. stuff was all about. No kidding. <laughs> well, I went and got some oils, and um, well, she got me some oils, I should say. And I, yeah, I put them on. I, um, um, where my pain was, I put one on that helped me with um, feeling more uplifted. And you know, it's a little bit gradual. And I didn't really, you know, when you start to feel better, you don't realize how bad you were. And it's kind of for me was kind of gradual. And I had um, a year later, I had a staff member come in to me and say, oh, you must have had a horrible winter. I'm going, "Hmm, I don't remember having a horrible winter, but whatever. Why do you say that? And she said, well, you don't have your hot packs packs on your your hands or on your neck. And then I remembered every winter, I could only use the computer for a short period of time. And then I'd have to wrap my hands in a hot pack, take the pain away and my shoulders. And I was like, I have no idea where those are. And that was a moment I realized how far I'd come using the aromatherapy. Wow. And did you do anything else along with it or that was really the main, the main um, piece? Well, you know, holistic medicine. I did chiropractor as well as massage with the essential oils and, and vitamins and relaxation. So, <laughs> did, you, did you incorporate like diet or anything into it or is that something that you might have, as you learned about holistic health, that's something that you sort of incorporated later on? I would say that I'm, I'm not really a sugar eater. So I, you know, I don't, didn't really have to do a lot of change to my diet. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah, because I always love vegetables and fruit. So a fast food person, I'm really not one of. So I, I wouldn't say diet, I change diets so much as maybe a bit more fruit, but and being a little bit more cautious. I, I wasn't really a wheat eater either. So I Okay, so you had that pretty well pretty well covered. It was more just about managing pain. Yeah. So I know you're, as we've said, you're a registered nurse and you have a gerontological nursing certificate and you are also the director of nursing and administrator for a long-term care facility for 43 years, which is beautiful. That's incredible. And you're an integrated aromatic science practitioner. So first, can you tell us what is that? What's an integrated aromatic science practitioner? Okay, so the integrated aromatic science practitioner was a designation I re- earned through a college program. 
And um, it was a course related to teaching us the science of essential oils and how to use them in a variety of ways. And the main reason I took it was because it was teaching us how to integrate it into other modalities. And in our class, we had doctors, nurses, psychiatrists, massage therapists, esthetician, psychologists, and and there was a couple of people that are just learning there for their own learning. So it was interesting, all the different people um, in how we were wanting to integrate it into our, our practices. We learned things like the aroma massage and emotional clearing. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I really took it because I wanted to um, implement it into the nursing home. And back when I took it, alternative methods in nursing was not well accepted. In fact, it was a potential of losing your license. So um, I wanted a credible program that would help me to um, have the background to be able to implement it without harming my licenses as a nurse. Right. Yeah. Which is so interesting because now there's like holistic nursing and it's such a different landscape where we're able to, even a clinical aromatherapist is able to come and do a little bit of work and especially education um, within the the healthcare system, which and hospitals and environments are using aromatherapy and there's so much more science around it. But I can see how, you know, we have to, you know, you have to have that natural or maybe unnatural, I don't know, but that science exploration first and that, you know, a slight shift in perspectives in order to get there. But I love that you're sort of at the forefront of that. Okay. Now, so can you tell us what gerontology is, please? So gerontology is a study of the seniors and aging. And um, in nursing, there are different sort of specialty certificates, and gerontology was one of them. To do that, I had to do a four-hour exam with through the Canadian Nurses Association. So yeah, that was, again, uh, back in the day when there was, uh, that wasn't necessarily something that was done a lot. Like I was the 346th nurse in Canada to get that designation. Oh, cool. So that was sort of something you did at the beginning when you were starting out as nursing. In um, After you took the nursing, you started working into palliative care and long-term care. No, because you had a minimum of eight years experience back then, which was a requirement before you okay. could even consider, consider writing the exam. And actually, it was a nurse practitioner was in our, that was working with us at the time that was like, oh, Lenian, you know so much, you should be writing this exam. You wouldn't even have to study for it. So so I'm, I'm trying to think of, it's got to be at least 20 years ago I did it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Obviously, you would want some some um, experience before you try and write it and get a certification. Okay, so we're going to come back to this integration of those two worlds in a minute. But talk to me a little bit about more about this nursing and the senior care. So I have some family who has worked, who's worked in nursing for years and in long-term facilities and um, geriatric care. And for her, it was tough because all of her patients, you know, as senior patients, you develop relationships with them. You're with them for sometimes many years, and then they don't leave. They pass away. And she knew that kind of going into it, but really found it was emotionally very tough for her and ended up switching sort of her where she was working in her specialty. So what was the reason that you chose gerontology. Further, how were you able to devote yourself and sort of that emotional space to it? I know that in healthcare, it's, you know, it really takes a a special kind of person to be able to 
hold space for others in that healing environment. So how were you able to do that? Well, I certainly, I would agree that it's difficult for some people and certainly working with seniors and elderly is not for everybody. And I think I, you know, I've always enjoyed listening to senior stories. Mm-hmm. As long as I can remember, even as a kid, I can remember being with my dad and sitting down, listening to all the men's stories. And I think when I getting into the nursing part of it is that I remember when I took the job as long-term care that some of my people that I um, graduated with was like, oh, you went into long-term care, into a nursing home? Why would you do that? But I guess my comeback to them was always, well, we actually get to solve the problems or help them. Because mm-hmm. when they were in the hospital, you, you deal with whatever the current issue is, and then they went home. But we dealt with the whole person and uh, worked with them. And we all, I always found that a kind word and a smile would make their day, and making their day would make my day. Listening to their stories, they love to hear you. They love to tell their stories, but they have to have the openness in order for you to, for them to tell you. Right. I think like most seniors have chronic diseases, which is a little bit more challenging. And quite frankly, I like challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, And making sure that we've managed it so that they're comfortable and can have some quality of life. And, and I always felt like this is their lap. You generally speaking, once in a while you have somebody that you're able to help and they can go back home again. But generally speaking, this is their last stop and you want to make it the best. Mm-hmm. They have good moments and all have humor and they're all unique. So just letting them have those uniqueness and helps. I mean, I think that senior care is not something that we we all really think about either or how, you know, until we're kind of there or maybe our parents are there. But finding someone in a space that's going to optimize their own wellness and their their health and their life. And you know, there's still still people in needing to live and experience and I think that it's really special if we can we can pay attention to that. I mean I think it's really important. I think it's not something we really think about in our culture either. So you were the manager of that center for, for years and you stayed in the same, same center, right? Yes, I did. And I think I was fortunate enough to work in a, an environment that encouraged, like the owner of the place encouraged people to try things to old ways were not necessarily best ways, but you know, whatever worked, they were very open to making a difference and I think that really helped me to want to stay there because I knew that we could try different things. So, you know, we were able to put policies into place. This is things like the aromatherapy, light therapy, looking at ways that we can do things outside that people can have sunshine because, you know, that's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, I just felt like I would, being in the manager there was being in a position that I could um, do um, more things that wouldn't have more of a long-term effect. And because we're, we were a small organization in a, in a chain that often our place was used as the first place to try out something and see if it worked, and then we would roll it out. So that was always fun for me to be able to um, be part of change. Mm-hmm. Um, Have an impact. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that, the integration here. Speak to me a little bit about the process of integrating that modern um, Western medicine and and nursing with the holistic health. So why do both? I know you've talked a little bit about making a difference and trying things out to see how that would affect things, but is it really about balance or 
Is it about using all the tools available to you, maybe even for you personally, but also for your career? I think you have to remember that every single person's unique and it, I have, we all are different. We've had different upbringing. We live in different environments. We eat differently. We have different experiences. We've had different DNAs. So what works for one person might not work for another person. And I really feel strongly we have to be advocates for our own health. Mm-hmm. And we are in a society that likes a quick fix. But unfortunately, that often leads to other issues down the road. And it's about choices. Like I think we all need choices. And I don't care whether we're a teenager or a senior, we need choices. Mm-hmm. And we should have a right to choices. Agreed. Um, and like working, well, let me, I'm going to give a really simple example of working in, in long-term care where you have somebody that's up wandering at night. And sometimes people would think, okay, they need a sleeping pill. Well, maybe, but why are they up? Like they could be up because they need to go to the bathroom. They went to miss their supper or didn't want to eat supper. And now they're hungry. And for some people, especially if they have dementia, they might woke up, don't recognize the environment and are scared. So mm-hmm. giving a sleeping pill wouldn't work for those things. Whereas, you know, giving somebody something to snack and they have to go to the bathroom doesn't work either. Like just really simple stuff. If they're scared, aromatherapy works. But if they have to go to the bathroom again, it doesn't work. So yeah, right. just being, being a bit of a detective and helping, you know, what might work today might actually not work tomorrow. And I think that's even for ourselves that being, um, okay, it's only Western mm-hmm. medicine might not necessarily work, whereas something else might work. And I think it's a little bit of making some choices around that. And sometimes things that we do, like medicines, can cause actually more issues, particularly in the elderly. That definitely is a a concern we have to look at. Yeah, right. The effects of maybe long-term use of of a sleeping pill, for example, on how it might affect maybe their cognition or something like that. Yeah, definitely. And pain medication, again, that's another area that, that, you know, some of these things have come a long way from when I first started nursing with seniors. Palliative care or pain management, now we do things before we actually will go to the medication because pain medication can cause constipation, a few other issues with um, seniors, well, with anybody actually. But so we do things like hot packs, ice packs, trying um, repositioning, special mattresses, those kind of things so that aromatherapy music. Uh, relaxation techniques, and then if the, none of those work, then using medication. And, you know, that's certainly come a long way to where it was, you know, even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. The evolution of understanding just the impact of those decisions and just incorporating other things and how that affects quality of life is, that is one of my favorite things about how things are changing is just that there's so much more awareness around how we understand care and healing and just wellness for the body. So that that's fantastic. So I know that you've said you've used aromatherapy in your center. Can you talk to me a little bit about that process of getting it into the center? Like what was that like and how, how were you using it? So I, because we had um, so, so much success with that one gentleman that I think there was some buy-in from staff. I think that is probably the place where you need it the most is the buy-in with the staff using it. We did things like diffusing it in the lounges instead of using air fresheners, for example, um, Mm -hmm. and using a citrus oil that's kind of uplifting. And if the person was receptive to it, we would use it as a topical. Like women, often you would say, 
it as a perfume would you on you to smell it and they often would let us put it on and those were usually citrus types oils blends that would help to calm them down and we also have a quiet room where we have a diffuser going with some um, relaxing oils in them and then the residents can just wander in and sit down and you often see two or three of them sitting in there having a little nap that's awesome <laughs> sometimes we could we could take them at actually even the rooms we had a couple of residents that we would mornings were very difficult for them and we would uh, have a timer set so the diffuser would go run for the 20 minutes before they would be getting up to oh, help yeah. their feeling better in the morning okay that's amazing i mean just learning how to just use something non-invasive really that can improve simple thing as how you start the day mm -hmm. And so you, you were talking about the buy-in of the staff. So was it, was it actually difficult to get it approved? I mean, I know you went through the steps of like certification in order that you had some more credibility, I guess. But did you overall find it difficult? No, I mean, of course, because I was also the manager of the home, I was able to put in uh, what we called a aromatherapy program in with our um, activation group. So that was just part of one of the programs that we had. So that was easy to do. And we actually put it on their care plans for people that it was helpful for. So that became part of their plan of care. And we, the home I worked in was very forward thinking. And when staff see that it works, then they're much more receptive to um, using it. And to be honest, sometimes we had nurses that weren't really receptive, but it was interesting how their shifts were quite a bit different than the shifts were the nurses that were receptive to using the essential aromatherapy. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you don't want to use it, right, that's, I mean, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so in gerontological care, you're going to be witness to the passings. And I'm sure you've been witness to many offer care and support for the patient, but also the family. So we know that aromatherapy has a, a really great effect, and you've mentioned that a number of times already, on our emotional state. And so if you can speak to this a little bit, I was just wondering if you found anything that was really helpful during that stage of end-of-life care. We certainly used um, both music and aromatherapy in the rooms for helping to calm. And we, of course... When there was family sitting in there, we would often, we'd have the discussion with the family whether they'd want that or not. And generally speaking, most families did mm -hmm. like to have it there. And we just have it diffusing in the corner of the room. And we used a lot of citrus oils or blend, blends with citrus oils in them because that was very, um, it's a light smell and familiar smell to them. Mm -hmm. And it, plus it, it was very calming for them. And we also had families that we used the frankincense with. That was more of a personal choice. We did have some families that were using oils and they would use them. We didn't have that as part of our nursing because of budgetary restraints. So we didn't have that there. But it is very effective if you are able to use frankincense as well. So for those experiencing this or maybe approaching it, how do we maybe as healthcare facilitators or practitioners or even just personally, how do we facilitate that holistic care? So one of my philosophies as a clinical aromatherapist is really about that holistic mind-body-spirit principle. And so, and I'm always interested in learning about that. How do we bring in and help facilitate that mind-body-spirit together for the patient? What is your experience with that? How do you facilitate that 
integration and wholeness for someone who's going through this? So first of all, I would say, and I'm a big advocate of this, is that you need to make sure that your family know what you want. If you are using alternative things, you want to make sure you have it written down. If you have someone that's your personal power of attorney for personal care, that person needs to know what you want and what you are looking for. So that when you can't say, then they can say for you. And that person who's your power of attorney for personal care needs to be somebody you can trust and needs to be somebody that can, um, if you have a family that might disagree over how, how things are done for you, when you can't talk for yourself, then you need to make sure that um, be able to trust that person can withstand other people's criticisms, I guess is how I want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's very important if, you know, as, as we go along, things change is that you would make sure that person knows your changes or that you've written them down somewhere and they know where that is so they can help you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think making sure with patients, it's a lot about communication. And you need, I find a lot of times at the end of life, people shy away from talking to the person about what they want or what's going on or end of life, the things that they might want to do. And um, that is really important for the person that's dying to know about that, to be able to express that, to be able to say what they want. They need to have finished, um, sometimes they're unfinished business that they want to do and life it, better ending if they can have the ability to communicate what's yeah. important for them. It's really about maintaining that voice for them, that they're able to really still have a voice in their own um, life, even right till the very end. So what about, I'm sure that discomfort is really something that unfortunately may be part of the care plan. So, I mean, it, you find that is obviously important. Yeah. So yeah, managing the physical discomfort is important for both, not only the person, but the family that, you know, when the person's sitting there, they don't like to see the other person in discomfort. So yeah. A part of that is needs to be giving comfort. And sometimes, you know, over the years, I found that sometimes what appears to be physical discomfort actually is more of a uh, mental discomfort because they have unfinished business. And that's why I say that it's so important to have the communication that they can communicate what, you know, really is their concern is because it might look like physical discomfort, but it really might be something that they, you know, they need to see somebody, they need to talk to somebody that they have unfinished business with. And that's what's stressing them out. Yeah. Understanding that sometimes the solution is, is something really simple, but has great impact. Like you're not, you know, just not to medicate, but to really understand, you know, not that you would avoid medication, but that you would understand also that there are the things at play. I have great respect for um, your career and for your perspective in nursing and for the impact you've been able to have. I think it's really beautiful. And I think that we're learning so much right now, especially in our environment, about the value of our healthcare workers and what they're really doing for us. So I just want to applaud you for what you have been able to accomplish throughout your career. And, you know, sometimes I think that maybe in healthcare, it can be tough, right? It can be difficult to sometimes get through some of those experiences, especially in gerontological care, and it's maybe sometimes difficult to see the impact. But 
when those little things that you can do to improve someone's health and their life, that's what, that's what healthcare is really about. And so I just wanted to applaud you for that. And also thank you so much for coming to us and coming on today and just talking with us and kind of answering some of these big, deep questions. I didn't ask you anything very simple. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. And where can we find more about you? Thank you very much for asking me to be on here. And I don't think I've finished my totally career in advocating for seniors, even though apparently once you're 65, you're considered a senior. Anyhow, so now. (laughs) Great correction. Thank you for that. (laughs) You're not done just because you're moved on to a different area. Yeah. Okay. Where you can reach me would be um, at lenan.com. I'm at, uh, I have a website there. There's a contact for information there. Is, and I'm also hoping to con- could get my book completed, an ebook on my journey with fibromyalgia. And some, you know, hopefully that will be able to help some people to know that it, that you can enjoy life and it doesn't have to be a sentence. Very good. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will link that up in the show notes below so that they'll be able to find you over there on your website. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.